Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com before history is written it's played before it's frozen in time it's fought one shift at a time before it's etched in silver it's carved in ice what happens next will last forever the Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, it is time once again for another thrilling episode of Tales from 2 a.m. No matter where you are, it's Sunday morning, it could be Monday afternoon, it could be anywhere on your clock, on your calendar. Guess what? It's 2 a.m. somewhere. My name is Brian Anthony Davis. From behind the I'm the podcast producer, and I'm glad as always to be with you once again, whether it be here on YouTube, it could be on Facebook Live, or it could be on any of our networks, our family of podcasts that you download your favorite podcast. And I hope that the BTSC family of podcasts are absolutely one of them. And it's so great to have you spending time with me on your precious Sunday morning, and it is really precious to wake up and have a great day like this, where I am in Maryland. Yes, I'm in uh, Ratbird country, but I have no problem sporting the black and gold, and that's what we're going to be talking about today, because if you are up this morning and you are turning on to this show, tuning into this show, excuse me, guess what? You really love the Steelers. You have black and gold running through your veins because some people, I guarantee you, there's people on Pacific Standard Time right now that are showing up to check out this show and it's early for them and it's 6.30 in the morning. <laughs> I'm laughing because I just got called out by one of uh, my longtime uh, viewers and or listeners, Ryan O'Toole. He says, hi, bad, I'm awake, let's do this. But he asked the question, does someone have bedhead? Now, 
I could have bet head. Now, if I take the hat off, I might not. But I'm trying to show my Steeler fandom today because this is all about Steelers Nation today. This is all about us as fans and the perception of us as fans. Now, once again, if you're out there, if you're Ryan O'Toole, Jorge Gonzalez coming in from New Jersey, if you're Clarence Washington, if you're John C., if you're Kevin Colbert Sr., if you're Dave Shipley or Stephen Karestis or Matt, Stoff, Matt Stoffko or Hoodie JXY, and you're tuning in now, that means you want to hear about the Steelers. Joel Anderson, the same. You want to know about the Steelers in May. Yeah, minicamps just happened. And you found the place for it at BTSC, BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. You're going to find out all about Najee Harris at the minicamp and how he's becoming a media and fan favorite everywhere. Now, he is. And the fans are expecting something great from Najee Harris. But I want to take that one word. Not great. I'm going to take expecting. So the Pittsburgh Steelers are a long suffer were a long-suffering fan base. The fans were. 1933, they were the Pittsburgh Pirates. They morphed into the Pittsburgh Steelers in 1940, where almost became the Pittsburgh Iron Ironmen, if you've listened to the show before. That was uh when the Rooney's when Art Rooney Sr. sold the Steelers for a couple of months. And he went to become an owner of the, the Philadelphia Eagles. And then the Philadelphia Eagles became the Pittsburgh Steelers. A lot of people don't still don't realize that, but that happened in 1940. But nonetheless, the fans would show up. It wasn't the Steagles, John C. I'm not talking about the Steagles exactly, because the Steagles were 1943, and that was they had emerged because of the war. This was actually before the war started when a businessman from, I believe he was from Boston. Yes, he was. And he wanted to buy an NFL team. And Art Rooney was having some struggles with the finances of the team. And he was very good friends with Burt Bell and uh, people from the uh, Philadelphia Eagles front office. And they decided to he decided to buy into the Eagles, but the commute to Philadelphia was a little too rough. The commute for the businessman named Alexis Thompson, by the way, from Boston to Pittsburgh was too much. So they actually decided to swap back. So Art Rooney came back and became the owner of the Steelers, but they brought the Eagles with them and the Steelers, the existing Steelers players went to Philadelphia. So that's exactly what happened. Thompson renamed the Steelers the Iron Men at that time, which is a really cool team, a team name. Can you imagine, I am Iron Man. Da, 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 da. You know, actually, we should still call them the Iron Men. That's what they are. But anyways, let's go back to uh, the Steelers fandom. The fans were always there. The fans watched a lot of crappy football in those days. They weren't good. So what happens is they suffer through head coach after head coach. 
They in the sixties, they're trading all their first round draft picks away. They didn't have a lot of first round draft picks because they would trade their first round draft picks away for a veteran. Not always the best veteran. They wouldn't do that. They just the the organization was a mess. Then they hire a man named Charles Henry Knoll, the Emperor, Chaz Knoll, Chuck Knoll. He comes in. Immediately they draft Joe Green. The year after that, they draft Terry Bradshaw. Then the 1971 draft. You're bringing in guys like Frank Lewis as the number one pick, but he's not even as big as the fact that you're bringing in a guy named Mel Blunt, Jack Ham. 1972, another first round Hall of Fame get in Franco Harris. Remember that name, running back Harris? Running back Harris this year, big deal. Then 1974 rolls around. Man, 1974. The draft of all drafts. Probably the greatest draft you're ever going to see. And the draft that the Steelers media, the Pittsburgh press, had this decision on the draft. Other than Swan in the first round, the rest of the draft, guys, you've got a guy that is maybe a fifth uh, a fifth place linebacker on the depth chart. And the rest are a bunch of question marks Well, that fifth place linebacker on that depth chart is a hall of famer named Jack Lambert, Mike Webster. He's a question mark. Not really a question mark when he's in the hall of fame and anchored that line. Number 52, he was an iron man. They called him iron Mike and Johnny Stallworth. Number 82, another hall of famer Four hall of famers drafted. And, Somebody in the Pittsburgh media, I, I can't remember who it was, wrote an article on that other fourth-round pick because they didn't have a third-round pick. They had two fourth-round picks that year named Jimmy Allen, who actually had a really good career, uh, decent career for Pittsburgh, but he was overshadowed by all the greatness. So really, they hit on all of those picks, including Jimmy Allen. But Jimmy Allen wasn't the Hall of Famer, so you he's like Pete Best. If you know who Pete Best is, it's kind of like Pete Best. You had other guys overshadowed him, and next thing you know, he's not there anymore, and you forget about him, and all you know is Ringo. You know Ringo's the drummer for the Beatles. You forget that the original drummer was Pete Best. But anyways, then, you know, there's undrafted free agents, and because of Bill Nunn having a good relationship for, with a coach from South Carolina State, a man that wanted to go play for the Denver Broncos, who's really, uh, really going after him. It was uh, Donnie Shell. Donnie Shell's coach said, "No, man. If you really want a good situation, you could. You have the best chance to stick at safety if you go to the Pittsburgh Steelers." And that's what they did. He did. Now he's going to the Hall of Fame. And Dave Shipley says that's why none is going to the Hall of Fame. Bill Nunn is probably one of the greatest Pittsburgh Steelers that a lot of us have never heard of. When he, We heard of him when he was getting ready to go to the Hall of Fame because we were, at this point, because we are great fans and because we're knowledgeable, we were 
lobbying for him to get in. You don't have the Pittsburgh Steelers, the history that the Pittsburgh Steelers have without Bill Nunn. And we've talked about that a lot, and we're going to continue to talk about that. Now he's in the Hall of Fame and well-deserved. Plus, his son was in Sister Act. You don't get any better than that either. And he was also in Do the Right Thing, Radio Raheem, Bill Bill Nunn Jr. Uh, But why am I saying all this stuff? I'm saying all this stuff because Pittsburgh Steelers have great fans. Absolutely great fans. Now, I'm not saying that the Steelers are the only fan base in the NFL that are are great. There are other great NFL fan bases, and it's where you rank. Now, that team all those years before the Emperor came in, before Chuck Noll came in, long-suffering fans, a lot of what is being talked about the Cleveland Browns fans right now. Cleveland Browns fans are considered really good fans and the Browns are that they're that it team right now. People are loving the it team. My buddy, Aaron Butler comes in Ravens nation, Ravens flock. We'll we'll talk about the fair weather flock. We'll talk about that. Remember I, you're welcome into uh, you're welcome into tells from 2 a.m. Just don't pee on the couch. And Aaron Butler is a good he is very respectful to the Steelers. He throws in that stuff, and I have no problem. But we'll, I'll get to the Ravens fan base in a little bit. Um, but I'm talking about the Steelers fan base. And you got to look at this. I'm saying all, this great, all these great things about the Steelers fan base. And Kevin Colbert Sr. says, we, we the best. Yeah, we, we, we're a great fan base. However, I can say this with 2020 vision and say, we are a spoiled fan base. And we know it because where we were hopeful all those years, we were hopeful that, man, could we just get a team? And I wasn't a part of that. I was, I just turned a year old during the Immaculate Reception. I was a year and two weeks old. But now where we were hoping for greatness and we were hoping just to get to a Super Bowl, now we expect it. And a 12-4 and four season, which you're not going to have a 12-4 and four season again right now unless they change it back. I know there's 17 games now. But a 12-5 and five season, a 13-4 and four season isn't good enough if you take that ring home. And I, I get that. If you're a Detroit Lions fan or you're a Cleveland Browns fan, you don't know what winning feels like. Now, you got a a taste of it last year with the Cleveland Browns, a little more the year before, maybe a little, but you really, they're the it team now. Everybody wants to crown the Browns and on paper, they look pretty good. What's happening here is everybody wants that next best thing. Browns fans, I'm going to give them credit. And please excuse the barking in the background. There is a new Davis puppy in the house. And it's the uh, the other 
the other Davis dogs are not welcome on are not welcoming him with uh, open arms yet. So uh, we're so I ask you to please excuse that. Um, I was going to introduce him, and I wanted to name him. I got shot down. I wanted to name him Najee Najee Harris Davis. It did not happen. Um, so we had to stick with a we had to stick with a Harry Potter name to go with the other dogs. Now I I won the first two dogs with Heinz and Palomalu Davis, but they uh, they have since passed on. But now we're on the Harry Potter names. But what I'm saying about the Browns though is those fans. I am not going to say they're they're bad fans. They're annoying fans. They're great fans because they've stuck with that fan base and they keep coming back. And that's what Steeler fans were. They stuck, they stuck with that team and they kept coming back. And they're finally getting, they're finally getting a really good product to watch. Now, are they jerks? Yeah. Are Steelers fans jerks? Yes. We can be very unwelcoming to other people. All fans have an opportunity to do one of two things. Welcome other fan bases and realize that they're okay. And they're here for the same reason. Or they can go ahead and kind of be jerks. I was at a game with the uh, the Steelers and the New England Patriots. It was an AFC championship game. And there were two guys that Steeler fans gave up the tickets because it was in a, a prime section, gave up the tickets to let these guys in there. They were respectful. They were, they were good fans. And a lot of New England Patriot fans aren't. They're not respectful. They're, they're obnoxious too. And we're obnoxious. I get it. But what happened... I'm, I'm laughing. Matt Stofko says compromise on the dog names. Harry Porter. <laughs> That's awesome. Harry Porter. Uh, love it. We just call him HPZ. But so what happened with these, these New England Patriots fans? They were just clapping. They were cheering. They were not doing it in an obnoxious way. And these guys down from me said, hey, let's get them kicked out. Let's tell the usher they're doing something. And I'm like, absolutely not. No way. We're not doing that. We're not targeting you. I went to a game. We're not tar- targeting these fans. They're here to enjoy the game. We're not going to ruin it for them. So what another time after the, uh, actually in the 2008 season, the my uh, wife's nephew is a Giants fan. Now, when I say nephew, he's an adult. They were they were born around the same time, but he's. Uh, it's not like I was taking a kid to the game. I was taking a guy, um, maybe about four or five years younger than me. So, what happened was I took him to the Giants game. It was the Steelers and Giants, and the Giants were a good team back then. And we're walking through the parking lot. He's not saying a word. And I was kind of worried because he's kind of guy that uh, he'll fight you. He'll have no problem fight fighting you. And I'm like, hey, just relax. I'll just, I mean, they you're 
Giants fan, they everybody should be pretty cool. On the back of a truck in a parking lot, drinking beers, wearing a Steelers jersey, a st- custom Steelers jersey, number 69. Not Kevin Dotson, because Kevin Dotson was not. Kevin Dotson was probably in uh, grade school back then in 2008. So he wasn't looking to the future. This guy didn't have a crystal ball to see that they'd have Kevin Dotson in the 69 jersey. The back of the shirt did not say McClendon because McClendon, who wore 69 first and not nine, before he went to 90, was not on the team yet either. He was going to be there maybe a year or two later. So we didn't know. The back of his jersey just said Jagoff 69. And we know what the number 69 means. We, we know that that's the, uh, if you're, uh, if you're in sixth grade, you're going to giggle when you hear that number. Well, if you're me, you're going to giggle when you hear that number because that's just me. But that guy was just, he had the inclination to make up a 69 jersey to put Jag off on the back. And he started screaming at us because I was with a guy just wearing a Giants hat and that's it. Started screaming at us to go home. I'm like, come on, dude. So I did the wrong thing and I, I kind of uh, confronted him. <laughs> you know, I didn't go over to him, but I uh, probably said some things I shouldn't have said. And then, and I said something like, uh, why don't you come down here and tell me that? And that kind of stopped, but it was just one of those things that, you know, we can be better to people that are fans of other teams. And I've told you my, uh, AFC championship game uh, story with the Patriots fan that I took a picture with. I'm not going to, I'm not going to bore you with that, but it's, it's just one of those things that we need to be more tolerant of other fans. But the question is this, we went from hopeful to now expecting when the draft, when we watch the draft and we don't, we don't have the draft that everybody wants just picking the guy, players that we want. There's certain fans that want to pick out the fans that we, the players that we want and not let other players pick. So, I mean, I've seen some mock drafts where, where players wanted Najee Harris in the first round, Jamar chase in the second round, Panay so on the third round, you know, I mean, the, I've seen stuff like that where, they sometimes in the minds of some of our fans that we're the only ones on the planet. And that's just a, when you're right. I mean, when you have kids, you know, you get them, you try to get them out of that when they're five, they think they're the only ones here and they don't care about ruining the day, you know, but our fans, some fans just think that the front office should pick everybody and, you can't have multiple, you can't pick multiple players with your one pick in the first round. Can't do that in the second round too. So that that's kind of us. And I was, this was originally supposed to be about ranking the fan bases. Pittsburgh's still going to be one of the great fan bases because every single fan base has these fans that I'm describing. Some of them are very knowledgeable. Some of them are not knowledgeable at all. 
Cincinnati Bengals, if you're a Bengals fan on here, I'm sorry. You've got one of the worst fan bases I've ever seen. Very, very bandwagon. And I honestly say that. And unknowledgeable. I don't think you know football. Bengals fans, you don't know football. There's a few, I'm sure, that do. But most of them are that crying woman that, or the the, play, the uh, people on the Escaloser going on the escalator in the third the third period. Now, now I sound like hockey. The third quarter. Going away. I just uh, do not like Ravens, excuse me, Browns fans, uh, Bengals fans for that reason. Browns fans know their stuff. Brianna says Browns fans are the most arrogant and overrated fan base in the NFL. I live in the burbs of Cleveland and have had to deal with the Browns front running fans. Front running fans, Brianna. Thank you. So from Brianna to Brian, I'm going to say this. No offense to Aaron, who's in here. Aaron is obviously a pretty good Baltimore fan. Don't have a problem with it. I live in Maryland. There are more where the town that I live in, there are more Steelers bars than there are Ravens bars, actually. And the thing about living in Maryland, when the Ravens aren't good, they go away. They're a little more fair weather than you would think, Ravens fans. When they're good, they're there. But the minute something goes wrong, the minute something goes wrong, a lot of them go away. Case in point. And I will say this, and this is this is just something that I'm not afraid to say. This is something that happened. The Ravens draft Lamar Jackson. Smart pick. They traded up to get him. Another pick in this the second round. We could draft for them. I think they got Mark Andrews in the first round. So they get their quarterback of the future. All of a sudden, I don't know about this guy. Don't know about this guy. Before he even plays, Flacco gets, I mean, they take Flacco out. He gets hurt. Next thing you know, here comes Jackson. And they go on a run to end that season. And he's he's really good. So they're all excited. They've got this superstar number eight. They got this quarterback. They love him. First playoff game at home against the Chargers. I don't know whether they were the Los Angeles. Yeah, they were the Los Angeles Chargers at the time. I, I'm kind of a I'm kind of uh, forgetting some of that stuff, but so they're the, you know, it all blends in sometimes, you know, so second quarter of that game, they're booing the guy. They're killing the, the front office. They want him out of there in the middle of the game. They're, they are not taking care of their player. Now we've done that too. We've, we've given players a hard time. No problem. That was one game. It just happened to be one game on a big stage, and it didn't happen. That entire offseason, I'm talking to a season ticket fans. I'm talking to all these players, these uh, these fans from all around. 
And they're like, yeah, we just don't have a quarterback. Like it was one game. Uh, he's just not right. I mean, we made a mistake and draft him. Everybody. It seemed like Aaron, you might disagree with me. You might've been in the 10%, but the 90% was the other way. So they hated this guy going into the season. Hated him. Next thing you know, MVP, 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 greatest player in Ravens history. Greatest player all year long in 2019. This guy was the second coming of Michael Vick, Johnny Unitas, Joe Namath, Peyton Manning. He was the greatest player on the face of the earth. And that's all they talked about, how awesome he was. They get to the playoffs. They lose a game. And he's garbage again. So he was the MVP and he's garbage again. So they're so fair weather. If you go, because I live in, I live in the state. If that, when that team goes five and 11, nowhere to be found. When the Steelers go five and 11, they're still there. They're, they're here on a Monday, uh, Sunday morning in May talking about it. They, they don't care. They live and breathe it. Everything is Steelers. And there are other fan bases like that as well. And I want to talk about some of those great fan bases and some of those terrible fan bases. I'm not saying that the Ravens are a horrible fan base because they were kind of like that. Um, they were kind of like that with Flacco too. It, it was just good and bad. Now I'm going to let Aaron have his piece because I respect Aaron. I Aaron gives me heck, but he comes on all the time and he's, he's a good Ravens fan. So, and he definitely gets an opinion, and I have no problem. Those were Joe fanatics who didn't see that Flacco was already carried by team and coaches. Flacco was an above-average game manager. Lamar has put the ball in the hands winner. Yes, but these guys were down on, on Flacco, too. These guys and girls. I, I'm, just, I'm just telling you, I mean, everywhere I go, people know I'm a Steelers fan, and they know they're going to talk about it, and I am never going to rip on on a team. It was just, I've noticed this for years about the fan base. When it's good, you guys are the best fans in the world. When it's bad, you're gone. Not all of you, because you're here and I respect you. Um, so Aaron, I, I have, like I said, it's never going to be any offense because you're always welcome on the show. And like I said, you're respectful to us. You're allowed to stand up for your team, though, and I can, I will always say that. But it's one of those things that I don't have. I I don't have the respect for people that jump on often on the uh, the bandwagon. So that's what I'm looking at here. Now I'm going to go off on a little bit of a tangent. Alejandro Villanueva becomes a Baltimore Raven, and he you know, kind of sounded off threw some shade at the Steelers had no problem with that. No problem with him doing that. And the reason I have no problem with that is one, you need to, uh, you need to be involved with your fan base and be endeared by your new fan base. And no problem with that. And I will say this about Baltimore Ravens fans. You go to that game. It's, uh, 
not a fun fun place to wear black and gold. I will tell you that, especially when the Ravens are five and ten, the Steelers are a playoff team, and the Ravens beat beat you two days after Christmas, and you're sitting there. It's that happened to me, like what 2016, 15, something like that. It was it was horrible, but all I'm saying is the the way they treat the military before the games the way that they are uh uh do the anthem it it is it is an incredible sight Villanueva will be a fan favorite there right away and i can honestly say that and that's a really good place for him i'm not saying look if you're a player i would go to baltimore just like i would go to pittsburgh I, if my nephew became an NFL player, I would be, and he was drafted by the Ravens. <laughs> I'm wearing purple because it's family first. It would kill me, but I would. Um, but that's a place where dreams don't go to die as far as a player. I think dreams go to die if you uh, get drafted to Cincinnati or Jacksonville <laughs> or places like that. Man, did you see when Justin Fields got got drafted by the the Chicago Bears? A long, a proud franchise. Man, that family looked like they just got the worst news in the world. It's like, yeah, all the puppies that you're ever going to have are going to die six months after you get them. That's like the news that they just got. They're just like. Yay, Bears. Yeah, I mean, they they didn't want to go to that franchise. You, you, you could tell. Um, so I'm going to take a break here, and we're going to talk about the great fan bases in the NFL and the worst fan bases. But what we're going to talk about the most is how we as Steeler fans are perceived on the outside by the great unwashed. And I say that as a joke. And I definitely say that as a complete joke. But I do respect other fans. We have Big E Bronco that comes into our shows all, all the time. I have friends that are Raiders fans. and Bron- I've, I'm going to a, a party to celebrate a great achievement by Patriots fans today. And I want to bring up Patriots fans and compare them to Steelers fans as I think they're a lot more comparable than you would know, than you would actually think. But I want to talk about the perception when we come back. So stick around if you're on Facebook, if you're on YouTube, just hang tight. Give me a a stretch. I'll go off camera for five seconds and I'll be back. If you are on any of the podcast platforms that you find your favorite podcasts, whether it be Apple, Google Play, whether it be Spotify, Stitcher, anything, Luminary. Just go ahead and download number two. It's cheap. It's cheap because it's free. It's easy. It's all you got to do. And we'll be back right after this for the second half of Tales from 2 a.m. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did to create this ad. 
To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.